Big Finish for the love of stories. You're listening to the Big Finish podcast, release date Sunday the 16th of April 2023. Oh, are you... Clyde, my love, my darling, have you found yourself a girlfriend? Girlfriend, schmell friend, Phoenix is my partner, and we're having a baby. <sighs> First Luke, now you. My mother's going to love this. Ah, this is brilliant. Oh, come here. Oh, I've missed you. You all right? Yeah. You? Always. Right, you lot. Let's get this party started! Greetings to you! I'm Benji Clifford, he's Nick Briggs. This is Big Finish, audiobooks, audio drama and this podcast, all for the love of stories. Coming up in a moment, we have a special guest, Big Finish's very own third doctor, Tim Trelaw, who's actually here now. Hello, Tim. Hello there, Nick. Hello, Benji. Hello. How are you? Very well, thank you. How are you? I'm all right, I'm all right. I'm here in sunny St. Leonard's-on-Sea. Oh, lovely. Yeah, in my spare room. (laughs) Glamorous, glamorous. Which is normally what I get thrown into if I'm uh, misbehaving. (laughs) The naughty naughty room. The naughty room. Can I just say, this is the fast-paced intro bit, so if we could just get on. (laughs) Yeah, let's crack on. Then it'll be time for the Good Review Guide, known to some as the Good Review Guy, reviewing the reviews of Torchwood, The Black Knight. Three, two, one. Then we preview our brand new series, Rani Takes on the World, spinning off the much-loved characters from the Sarah Jane adventures. We go behind the scenes with producer Emily Cook and star Anjali Mahindra, among others, out on Thursday the 20th April. Yes, that. <laughs> My name's Anjali Mahindra and I'm playing Rani Chandra. Following that, it'll be time for listeners' emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com as our electronic inbox disgorges another serving of delight. In our also available segment this week, we'll be looking at this week's Torchwood release, a working-class rom-com entitled Launch Date. Let's see what they did there. Mm. It's released on Tuesday the 18th of April. What the hell? Then the randomoid Selectatron will once again be devouring a random release with a 25% discount deftly attached to it by Big Finish content manager Jackie Emery. So far, it's a mystery. Here's a clue. Hello, anyone home? I said devouring instead of delivering, but let's just go for it. It sounded great. We'll have that. And finally, as always, we round off the podcast with a free 15-minute drama tease. And this week, it's Rani Takes on the World, Beyond Bannerman Road, here today by Joseph Lidster. Say it. I dare you. I know, I know. All right. I I am wildly and, and passionately in love with her. I love her. You, Clyde, saying the actual L word. Um, so I, the first thing I want to say is that there's hyphenation on this document and I'm going to change it. <laughs> That's good, good, very driving good me absolutely bonkers. Anyway. Uh, Tim. Hello. Hello. Hi. Uh, can it be possible that there's anyone out there who doesn't know how you became our third doctor? Uh, I would have thought uh, several billion people, <laughs> I would have thought, across the planet. What, what listening to this podcast, yeah, though? Yeah, who were, who were not aware that I play the third doctor for Big Finish. And can you quickly, pray see how that happened for anyone who doesn't know? 
Well, uh, basically, it was my first big finish uh, job. It was a, a fourth Doctor adventure with Tom uh, and yourself. Obviously, he was you were producing and, and directing, directing it. it yeah. And I was playing. Oh God, it was Destination Nerva, wasn't it? And um, yeah, yeah. I was playing it was the first one released. Can say that's Tom's first. It was it? Tom's yeah, first yeah. as well. Okay. <clears throat> and um, well, it wasn't the first one he'd done actually. It was oh the right. First one okay. And, but it was um, about his third he'd recorded. Yeah. What, what was it called? The Pedants. I can't remember. Sorry. Um, <laughs> and um, I think you're fine. Actually, it's pedant. It's it's not. All right, I'm not being pedantic, but um, yeah. So basically, I was playing that. Uh, it was uh, this Victorian lord who was a zombie. Lord Jack. Lord Jack. Lord? That's right. Who was uh, an yeah. imperialist in space, and um, so I thought, well, uh, this dastardly figure I'll have as a, a sort of quite face, sort of character. So he had quite a sort of um, soft voice. <laughs> And I, I think you were telling me that Tom was saying, oh, who's he sound like? I can't do the Tom voice, obviously. Who's he sound like? Who's he sound like? And then suddenly went, I think in the middle of a take, it's John, he sounds like John. Yeah. And I think then you were very unwisely decided to take a, a punt on on recasting and um, and here yeah. I am now. I got very excited. I, yeah. yeah. Did you get very excited? I did, I did get very excited. <laughs> yes. And uh, and I've fallen in love with the the John Pertwee era all over again. Have you? Uh, obviously, and you too. Oh, of course, yeah. I, I uh, hope so. uh, I'm afraid I'm married. So. Oh dear, that's a shame. Um, but yeah, so um, it opened up all sorts of possibilities, really. Yeah, and I think the great thing you did was um, having having a narrator. I played a narrator, didn't I? And then mm -hmm. sort of doing the third Doctor voice as a sort of very respectful and uh, very uh, cautious sort of in into uh, recasting and seeing what the reaction was and it seemed to be very favourable. So, it was, um, I mean, basically the main reaction was get rid of that narration and we thought, oh, well, good, because we didn't want it in the first place. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Um, and obviously Katie was um, extremely supportive and helpful and uh, and so that... Um, that, I mean, uh, that was vital, actually. Thinking, of course it you know, was. Of course she was. could have said, no, 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 I'm no, not no, having no, that. No, no, I'm not having that. I want to do it. I want to play it. <laughs> You do get a good sense listening to it that there, there's a lot of fun being had in the recordings, especially between you and Katie. There's just a really positive, like, fun vibe. Oh, yeah, totally. Well, and Nick, Nick contributes to that. In fact, he's the one who initiates all the trouble and uh, irreverent <laughs> behaviour. Because um, we get into the studio, going, right, okay, I've got a lot of work to do, and then suddenly we'll be chatting for an hour and a half before we do anything <laughs> <laughs> and laughing. But it is, it's a great, uh, it's a great working atmosphere, and I think, luckily, being in the position of playing the Doctor um, with someone like Katie, um, or when Daisy or Sadie are in, that we can sort of, cr and, and Nick, of course, we can create the, we can create the energy in the green room and in the studio, which, which obviously, as we don't take ourselves too seriously, we're able to just have a, have a good laugh and um, and do the work as well obviously uh, to the best of yeah, our I don't abilities. think we ever talk for an hour and a half <laughs> we're not quite an hour and a half but because um, <laughs> no, we'd never get it, it done if we just it feels like it but um, <laughs> well, that's because I'm boring <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant but uh, no um, it's just a lovely fun atmosphere and it's and, and the guests who come in always say god this is this is great this is so much fun I was yeah. so scared I was so nervous about coming in and and we, well, because yeah. they'd heard they'd, about your reputation. Yeah, my reputation preceded me, and uh, they were obviously <laughs> terrified. Um, but I was, I was, well, I was drunk, so it doesn't matter. I mean, if you're drunk <laughs> in the studio, I'm usually very friendly drunk. So uh, <laughs> I'm not really drunk, listeners. By the way, no, no, <laughs> that, I'm drunk now. Say, I'm drunk right yeah. now. <laughs> it is eleven in the morning. No, I'm not drunk. Why are we talking about alcohol again? 
I don't know. It's just, uh, it just came up. By the way, uh, I, as I've mentioned to you before, Tim, because you, you seem to change the way you pronounce your name. What, yeah. What's that? Trelaw, I mean, not, I, not, not Trevor, which is your Trevor, real first name. Trevor, no. It's, that's, no, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's your fault, that new Trevor thing, isn't it? Is it? Yeah. And, and Jason. Stephen Noonan. Yeah, no, I think he came from you. He was the one, Stephen was the one who took it to America. So when we were in um, LA, I didn't spreading. call you Trevor, did I? No, there was a review or something. He said, oh, that's not my fault. Yeah, is it? obviously Stephen Noonan in a in a five hour essay, verbal essay <laughs> as usual. Um, Stephen Noonan, the first doctor, the first for doctor. Big Finish, in case you didn't know. Yeah, who doesn't? And shut who's up. listening right now? Oh, I'm I bet he's you. listening right now. Yeah, Hello, yeah. Stephen. Um, yeah, he's not going to reply, is he? Well, he should reply. Yeah. He should reply. It won't be a. It won't be a straight. It'll be a twenty hour, twenty hour reply, obviously. But I think, um, he's, I think he's speaking through my dog because the second you said hello, Stephen, my dog just barked. Well, your dog is completely on cue. Is your dog called Stephen? It's not. No, it's a she. But you know, maybe, maybe. Can you not you change know, her name? Got, well, I could try. Change you know. the name to Stevie. Stevie, but my dad's called Steve. There we, well, there we are. Then. But my dad isn't Stephen Noonan. You, you're a family of Steves. <laughs> Except his name's Benji. Well, Steve Clifford is your name. Anyway, anyway, I am my father's son. First name thing, then. It's just upsetting me. So yeah, Trelaw. I've no idea how it's pronounced, to be honest. Trelaw. What? It's your name. I know, but why are you expecting me to know how to pronounce my name? It's um. The clues in the question, I think. Well, I think it is, isn't it? No, I. Well, it's weird because some people say. Well, my dad used to say, Trelawa. Um, Trelawa. Uh, I say Trelaw. I mean, I, no, but you, you say you say Trelaw, but and I've been calling you Tim Trelaw, and then I hear you doing some interviews, and you say, "Hello, my name's Tim Trelaw." I think, yeah. what? Because 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 usually I'm thinking about something else. I've usually got pathy newsreels in my head or something, or um, <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I say, I think I say Trelaw, but then people say well, what, and I say Trelaw or Trelaw. I, I don't know. It's it's actually a very good question, and perhaps I need I to. I know how to pronounce my name. What Braggs? <laughs> You're a bit of a, a Bowie Bowie kind of character. Yeah, really, I guess it is a. I, that's that's why I like to model myself on. I'm glad that you've recognised that I have the same sort of level of genius as uh, David Bowie. 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 Well, he. I think he gave up in the end because he he always called himself <laughs> he always called himself Bowie. Yes. But then uh, but then I think in the nineties or something somebody was actually asked him on telly and he just said I don't know he said I don't know anymore he said I used to say Bowie but people can call me what they want now well so. his real name was Jones yes David Jones David Jones so um this is his own fault isn't it it is he, yeah he, he, yeah he did that he did it to himself yeah my, my real name's Tim Kigali and I so it's my fault that I, I introduced myself you know reintroduced myself with the name Trelaw um. <laughs> also, in the Trevor thing, though, someone gave you a fantastic review, but they'd got your name wrong. Yeah. They called you Trevor, Trevor. Which, yeah. which I think uh, so, everyone so, found out. But so, I don't remember drawing attention. Yes, yeah, it's to your that. fault. You're you're the chief bully in this, what? and uh, uh, what? I'm gonna. I'm gonna <laughs> did, I didn't even know about it because being exposed on air. Stephen being exposed kept on telling air. me. Stephen kept yeah. telling me that they were calling you Trevor, and I said why, and he said oh, it was because of a review, and I didn't know. But <clears> well, maybe yeah, I forgot. No, Stephen's to blame then. Stephen Nonnen. He's to blame, and um, yeah. But Jason Hay Ellery obviously introduced the audience at Gallifrey as to me as Trevor. So now I've got half of America thinking my name is Trevor Trelaw. So that that creates extra confusion. But you know, but I, I don't care. Just call me Brian. 
That's, that's probably oh, that, and that creates extra confusion, yeah. Brian. <laughs> but that's it. Now, future Big Finish um, yeah. releases should say Third Doctor played by Brian, and that's it. <laughs> Just Brian. <laughs> like you the artist the other... formerly known as Brian. Yeah. I was going to say, you could go the Prince route and just get just be known as a symbol. This is just, it. Just a... <laughs> What would my symbol be? Just this sort of scribble. Don't, yeah. don't even go that. <laughs> a pint of something. Anyway. Maybe a pint of something, probably. Yeah, beer. But what yeah. is your favourite beer, by the way? Well, um, as you know, as, as is well documented, I'm gluten-free. Uh, oh, yes, so gluten-free Yeah, I've, I've been gluten-free for about four years. I do cheat so your choice a bit limited? No, well, yeah, it is sometimes. I mean, it's very hard to get uh, gluten-free. I like lager, and gluten-free lager on draft is quite hard to come by. You can't find it somewhere. I'm, all, I'm over the moon always when I find a pub that's got a draft pint of gluten-free lager. Yeah. Um, but so there are quite a lot of gluten-free lagers available. There's Stella, do one, Peroni do one, even Cobra do one, I think. Um, but I'd, I'd like a red wine, um... I like that a, doesn't have any gluten in it, does no, it? No, no, it's, it's beer, typically, isn't it? And I do, I do like a, wheat. a lager, yeah. yeah. Um, well, a barley, of course, as well. And, <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I, I like a Prosecco as well, much to the uh, amusement yeah. of my friends in Wales when we go to the pub there and I say, have you got a glass of Prosecco? And suddenly, a pin drop, you can hear a pin drop in the pub. <laughs> Um, and I do, do you ask they, for a baby shower Well, I do, well. they do say we got... Be- I, sometimes when I go into this pub in, in Bridgend... I'd get a bit of class of baby shampoo on the on the bar straight away as soon as I come in. Oh, I love, yeah, I love yeah, it yeah. when they're telepathic like that. Yeah. They just know. They just but are know. they mocking you? Of course they're mocking me. <laughs> but I love Prosecco. I didn't think, I didn't think that baby sham uh, existed anymore. Yeah, I, you can does. still get it. Because, I, yeah, uh, yeah I, I found a bottle in my mum's... Uh, house uh, and I brought it here just as a sort of you know memento because I thought it was the last bottle of baby sham in no you can still buy baby sham I've just a Google uh, has it here straight away Tesco there we go no, there we no. go. Is it still got the, the sort of the, the little deer as the emblem? It has the deer with the um, yeah. the ribbon round its neck. Yeah, you can. Yeah. It's three pound twenty five in Tesco for four. Oh, I'm going to go and get some soon as we finish this. <laughs> I'd love a baby sham. Nick's just looks broken now. He's just thinking, why have I, just got, why have I got this bottle now lying around the house? Well, you better drink You're it. You're talking about a man who likes likes Guinness and uh, and real ale. Yeah, here, no, so, no, yeah. Well, you can get into Baby Sham. It's, it's tagline is that the happiest drink in the world. Yeah. And we all need um, a bit of happiness nowadays, don't we? We certainly do, yeah. So, well, it's um, just sort of fizzy, isn't it? And, and a bit alcoholic. Is it a bit alcoholic? Is it? Or is it what's has the, what's it got the alcohol in it? Yeah. We should have. It's a sort of, um, isn't it sort of champagne light? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a sort of cheapo version. I can tell you exactly what the percentage is, yes, because okay. people really now are I, that I, invested. Now, all this talk about alcohol, I want a pint now. Get this, it's 6%. <laughs> oh. I, I did not expect that. It's wow. technically classed as but cider, but of course cider it's, perry. It, it, it's a very small bottle, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, very small. Yeah, that's true. There's no point, and, really. I'm not sure how appropriate any of this is, but anyway, um, <laughs> yesterday when we were, because Tim and I had a little uh, a Zoom meeting to discuss how he would participate in this, and we uh, we thought that we might talk about war movies. Oh yeah. Oh, now you're talking my language. And it's yeah. an interesting thing about being interested in war movies because. Uh, um, because it doesn't necessarily, and it certainly doesn't in my case, mean that you're sort of like, in some way, in favour of war. Yeah. I know. That's, why why uh, do we like war movies? What is it about I war think, movies? Well, it, it, doesn't it come from sort of uh, being a small boy and 
playing war with your friends in the woods and stuff like that. And the normal sort of old, you know, maybe it's a bit dated now, the, um, the sort of gender stereotypical thing that the boys like this and girls like this, which of course is, has changed considerably now. But I, in my generation, of course, playing with action men and and soldiers and things oh, yeah, like that, I that was quite thousands of yeah. Soldiers. And and from them, from there came war films. And I guess it was probably looking at these guys. And um, I know a lot of these films, you could say now, maybe would be responsible for a glorification of war, probably unintentionally. Um, yes, but. Um, I think we looked at these these men as as heroes and and brave and what we should be, you know, when we grow up, courageous and gallant and self-sacrificing. And um, so it's a pity we never quite. We, we did, yeah. Fortunately, <laughs> we'd we'd be turned away anyway from the army. Uh, yeah, they wouldn't, they wouldn't want us. We'd be there. They'd what just, with my feet? With yeah. my feet? Yeah, exactly, exactly. We'd be given white feathers, wouldn't we? In the street, um, no, but I, I th- yeah, I, I think it comes from that, doesn't it? What, do you, what, what do you think? I mean, well, Benji, what, what are your thoughts? I think, I think you're right. I think that there is that element. I think the history side of it as well. It's yeah. like, like, like I always think watching anything like that. It's like, regardless of how like real the film is, like in terms of what it depicts, like these sort of things like did happen like mm. like war did happen like if you watch like the longest day like one of my favorite yeah. films like like that actually happened like this operation that they were doing actually went yeah. ahead and it just i think from that perspective it, it is like re, there's a you know when you watch it it's interesting how it's turned a different way now mm. whereas films when you know sort of I guess in the the sixties, seventies, to a degree, the eighties were very much like it was sort of that heroic side of war. Whereas, like you were saying, Tim, now a lot of the the films are kind of more about the horrors of war. And like, yeah. um, there's a film that I've not seen, which everybody has recommended that I watch, which is the um, it's the Western Front film. Oh, that oh Netflix my god, it's fantastic! It's fantastic. It's, it's a harrowing. It's, it's film, very harrowing. It? Um, I, I'd also recommend the the original, the 1930. Um, I've seen know, that. Version, That's a great film. It, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it should tell you the fact that Hitler got it banned. Should tell you what you need to know about it. And yeah. as, as you yeah. say about the um, the horrors of horrors of war, you know, and and Saving Private Ryan, of course. I remember oh. the opening twenty minutes of that. Just wanted to leave the the cinema because yeah. be- previously we hadn't seen that. Um, that amount of sort of the horror, really, you know. Yeah, the, the D-Day war. landings. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and also, these guys did actually do the, these things, and it's mm-hmm. you kind of go, this is. It's not like watching a, a film about aliens or something like that. It's this actually happened within, um, you know, people we know's lifetime. Yes. So yeah. our grandparents' generation were there and and experienced this, and of course they didn't talk about it afterwards. Um, I think it's a strange thing that, like, especially like my generation is kind of like the last generation of people that had family members that were in the Second World War. Because, like, kids now, I don't think will they'll be very be very hard for them to really meet anybody that actually fought. Whereas when I was growing up, I remember, you know, I remember lots of like when I was at school, people's grandparents would visit and talk about the war and their experiences and bring in mementos. And I think it's it is it is interesting to see it'd be interesting to see where we're headed in terms of like how war is depicted in the future given the fact that 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 connection that with people we've met yeah and know and talk to yeah. is kind of not there anymore. Well, of course. I mean, you look at it, we've lost, what, the last First World War 
com- com- competent, was it Harry Patch, about 10 years ago. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not going to be long before we're down to the last, you know, dozen or so Second World War veterans, which is incredible. Because, yes. like you say, I remember being taught at school by by men who'd, um, who'd, who'd seen action. Yeah, well, our headmaster at my comprehensive school was a, a Spitfire pilot. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, I think there's only yeah. about three of the, the few left, isn't there? The 1940, the Battle of Britain. I think there's only about three left, I think, or something like that. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, they're all approaching 100 now. Yeah, but, uh, but like you yes. said, Benji, it is it, 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 a love of history does help considerably when you're talking about war films, about the not, not glorifying war. Um, I don't. I don't think any war film, even the really old ones, I don't think any of them actually do glorify. No, war. I don't think purposely. They, they, no. Yeah, and I think they all. You know, they all end with that sort of feeling that you know we wish this wasn't necessary kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. You know, but I it's mean, like a, <clears throat> a, a war from a soldier's point of view. The the uh, the question of whether war is right or not that that question has been taken. That consideration has been taken away from a soldier because they're already in the army yeah. and they're just doing the of course, job. Of course, um, you know, and they have the, to train. the broader questions of whether that's right or not don't enter into it, Absolutely. which make the narrative much more. Simple, Absolutely, yes. Yeah, so you're watching these men who are doing their job, you know. And um, I mean, I've spoken to some veterans, and there's certainly not a a, a feeling of yes, we I loved killing people or anything like that um, a lot of these people are haunted by it throughout yeah. their lives afterwards and um, I think that needs to be maybe you know, uh, people need to be more open about that and more sort of um, nuanced about when talking about war films and things like yeah. that it's, um, it's an interesting thing isn't it and it, this is like a child's question really but you know, but they, they're all doing that job they've all decided to join the army it, it is the leaders and the politicians who make war happen. Yeah. And what if all the people in the armies just, you know, as a child would say, what if they just said, actually, no, we're yeah. not doing it. This is your <laughs> idea. If you really don't like, yeah, go over there with a boxing glove and have a scrap. Yeah, yeah. You know, one but one. Then, then we wouldn't have any wars, would we? No. If, if the people who caused them in the first place... Yeah, you know, you you fight amongst yourself in a boxing ring, like like the video to Two Tribes by Frankie Goes <laughs> yeah, to Hollywood. Yeah, <clears throat> do you remember that? It was yes, um, I do. Yeah. Reagan and Gorbachev, wasn't it? Yeah, fighting in the ring. I mean, I would say, by the way, in answer to the the question that I posed in the first place, from my point of view, it was the history thing. It's chicken and egg. You know, does your interest in history come from playing war games and talking to your dad about war? Or, or, or the other way around. Yeah. And the other thing was, it's to do with imagination and stories. Mm. You know, I wanted to, when I was a kid, I wanted to play, I didn't want to play football or cricket or anything. I wanted to play imagination games. I wanted to be other characters. I wanted us to pretend to be in a situation. And the thing about a war situation is that it's very uh, high stakes. Yeah. And that's why I always sort of return to it in my writing, because it shows your character characters in extremists are really interesting and yeah. have to make you know it yeah. makes for more exciting drama yeah, which absolutely. sounds like a cynical manipulation of the war scenario but that that's why i'm interested in it sure. and and of course because of the extreme moral and political issues involved yeah. that's that's why it engages me but yeah. yes i i'm not the um yeah, I mean, I'm not there thinking. Yes, I'd like to. I wish I was in the army. I'd like yeah. to get over there with my rifle. I'm no, not no, God, but, but some all. people do. Like the like films like that, they help to you know they do help towards people making decisions to go into the army, which mm. is is uh, you know for some people is the making of people. Yeah, 
And yeah. so, and, and it's an interesting thing, isn't it, of how numbers, you know, numbers in the army are down now. They've, I think recruitment mm. numbers are down. Um, and is that to do with the fact there aren't as many war films? I don't know. I don't know. Well, I wouldn't cut, have said defense, that was the defense, major factor. It defense no, budget, defense so, budget cuts, I think, would be the, yeah. <laughs> the well, main it's reason. Getting very controversial, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, having said that, we're talking about the you know those 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 modern war films that um, depict the horrors of war. But I have to say, one of my um, one of my favourite war films is Where Eagles Dare, which oh, which I guess yeah. is one of those. Um, it's a total it's a, fantasy. It's a, con- it? yeah, it's a con- it's a contradiction to what I've said in a way because that is complete. That's just a brilliant, just adventure story, isn't it? And um, it's like a James Bond thing, and it yeah. happens to be set in the Second World War. Yeah, I mean, it's basically you know Clint Eastwood and Richard Burton mm. fighting a bunch of Nazis who don't seem to be able to shoot straight. Yes, <laughs> and also they they do the whole thing in order to find out who the um, the traitors um, to where my six are. Yeah. Um, so they do this whole mission to, to, to occupied, you know, to Germany, um, to this, this yeah. to the Schloss Adler, yeah. which I believe is called, um, <laughs> in Germany, just to find out who these um, these fifth columnists are. Uh, in, and uh, hasn't it got a helicopter in it? And there weren't no. any helicopters in the Second World War. <laughs> I don't know if there is a helicopter. Oh, yes, there is. There, there is a is. helicopter they, definitely w- in it. When they land in um, one of the, um, yeah. the, the interrogators, the- yeah. That's and the right. commandant said, "Do you like my new machine?" And I think, yeah, I think it's uh, about ten years early, mate. Actually, yeah. <laughs> talk about new. Yeah, yeah I remember we used to say, "Broadsword calling Danny boy." Broadsword yeah. calling Danny boy. Which Mark <laughs> Gatiss put in uh, "Victory of the Daleks," a Matt Smith story. Did he? Yeah, yeah. He, oh. put, he put, had that call sign in it because he's oh, such a fan it's of great. films like it's that. Great too. Film. It's a great film. It's a great film. I think um, Clint Eastwood had he was he was quite a, a, a king of having sort of slightly odd World War Two films. Yeah, because like because he, he did Kelly's Kelly's Heroes, Heroes. Was like one of my that was mental films. that one, and, and like you know <laughs> the idea the idea of a bunch of soldiers deciding that actually do you know what oh, screw, screw the war yes. we're going to go we found out there's some gold in a bank yeah. somewhere let's and, just go and lift that's that right. you know and Donald Sutherland who's actually looks like a hippie in it. <laughs> yeah, I think it was made yeah, in about 1968, but he's actually got a beard and long hair, isn't he? In it, yeah, and he's yeah. like, "Hey, baby," he's obviously know. smoking something, and he's, <laughs> "Oh God, yeah. yeah, baby, yeah, baby," and you're going, "This is quite not really historically it, accurate." Anachronistic, I think. Yeah, like the words. Yeah, well, he's yeah, there, was it with the with the tanks? Where right? they they, what are you doing? He said, "Hey, man." I'm eating some cheese, drinking some wine, and catching some rays, man. Can't you move that tank? Hey, man, I just drive them. I don't know what makes them work, you know, baby. You know, I just think it's such a... And obviously Don Rickles is just yeah. so funny. But it's a great... That's a great film. And again, yeah. that's that's that light-hearted, those mm. sorts of films. They're a bit more light-hearted, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you've got, I mean, um, you've got some of the older war films. You've got, like, uh, is it uh, Cross of Iron? Kirk Douglas. It's a Stanley Kubrick one. Uh, oh, you mean Paths of Glory? Paths of Glory. What am I thinking? Cross of Iron's the one with Lee Marvin, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Paths, Paths of, Glory, of Glory. Yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's really, yeah, that's really hard hitting. And actually, that's like it? 1960, is it, or 1959, or something? Yeah, it's black and white. Yeah. but I think it was made at a time where they, they deliberately made it in black and white. Yeah, they could have made it in color. Yeah, but that's yeah. you know, that's an early you know when they were still doing the old cowboys and Indians. Film. Yes, it was really trailblazing, yeah. and and it, and it's a real. You have to have a robust sense of joy in you to endure that film yes. because it's really the yeah. injustice in yeah. it is horrific. It's horrific. Yes. Yeah. 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 Do One you of think my there are a lot? Of, well, sorry, Karen. My my favorite uh, war film, I think, 
Oh, it's so difficult now I think about it. The Cruel Sea. Yes. Or, or maybe war, it's just the bloody war. <laughs> and and uh, that's Jack Hawkins. Jack Hawkins. Who I think I've, I've remarked upon Stephen Moffat, uh, one-time showrunner of Doctor Who, bears a remarkable resemblance to uh, Jack Hawkins. And I, I said that to Stephen not that long ago, and he said, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's obviously been said to him before. I can see, yeah. yep, I've got him. Up. You're totally right. I can They're, absolutely or, see that. Or yeah. he plays he, he, he plays Jack Hawkins as a double in parties. He gets invited to parties. <laughs> He's and, a looky-likey. Yeah, looky-likey of Jack Hawkins. Um, I Yeah. Jack but, Hawkins, yeah, also right. in Zulu. Oh, yes, playing the preacher. Thing, the priest. Yes. You're yeah. going to die. Death yes. awaits you all. He is an amazing actor. Oh, he was, yeah, Jack yeah, yeah. Well, and, a, and also, another Welshman. Was he Welsh? Yeah, he was Welsh, yeah. Jack Good Hawkins, Lord. yes, he was. Uh, was Kenneth Moore Welsh? No, he wasn't, but Reach no. for the Sky, what a film that is. Yeah, fantastic. Oh, I film. love him in Sink the Big Bismarck, though. I don't know if I've seen that. Oh, yes, I must <gasps> have seen that one. You've, Sink the Bismarck I is just one that. of my, uh, I, it sounds slightly perverse, my go-to um, film to sort of just cheer me up because it's so... Um, it's so full of heart. I okay. love it. And it's so old-fashioned. Yeah. yeah. Listen, we can't go on about this forever. <laughs> yes, we can. We, we can. can. We can talk about this for hours. Anyway, we all know war is bad. We all know war is stupid. Yes. But and, if you um, want to write in to podcast at bigfinish.com and tell us your favourite war film or what you think of war films yeah. or how wrong we were to talk about war films, any of the above and more, please do, because I think it's an interesting topic. Absolutely. And that's not the only thing. We've actually got the reviews next. The good yeah. review guide is here, finding the latest positive comments about big Finnish productions, not war films, to help recommend them for you. Nice segue. And as promised, this week we're looking at Torchwood, the Black Knight. Rocket ignition started. Three, two, one. We have liftoff. From Big Finish Productions. Torchwood, the Black Knight. Contact lost! Contact lost! Uh, the rocket, sir. It's exploded. Every Viola rocket has been destroyed at some point in the magnetosphere. I'm saying there's something out there, an object in orbit that is stopping us from leaving this planet. I've dubbed it the Black Knight. I see. Absurd. Norton Folgate, pleased to meet you. Really? How many people are these days? Oh, I'm a big admirer. And I believe every word you said. Who do you work for? Torchwood. We look out for Britain's best interests. Yeah, but who is he? Where's he from? All I know is that thanks to him, I'm going to prove that the Black Knight is real. We won the war and lost our seat at the top table because of people like you. Gosh, Freddy. Gosh. I'm Torchwood. We're on the side of the British Empire like you wouldn't believe. If handled properly, the Black Knight can give us back that future. It's Russian. Big finish. For the love of stories.
Oh, it says John. John did the podcast last week, and I I knew I'd leave his name in. Somewhere. Is that me? Is that meant to be me then? No, it's meant okay. to be Benji. Okay, all right. <laughs> I was going to say. I was just thinking, John. Who's John? John Ainsworth will suddenly appear. Of course, appear yeah, 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 yeah. Just go to bigfinish.com and type Black Knight into the search pane at the top to find this one. Well, first up, whoreview.com Harvey Edwards says, On the whole, this was a great debut from Miles, and I hope she writes some more Tortured in the future. She clearly researched the era and various sci-fi plot elements extensively, as everything within The Black Knight feels authentic. And it's four stars there, or it could be... Maybe maybe they're just, you know, so... Uh, enthused by it that they just exclaimed out loud as they stubbed their toe no as they uh, stubbed and, their toe. and i would <gasps> add there was also a very in there that you missed out but uh, i just thought i'd add that as a bonus why not factor.com tony filer do we explain to i i had to explain tony filer to uh, john ainsworth last week do we explain it to tim this week i mean you go for it nick Oh, you want me to? Why oh, not? I, I've, I've got a Tony Filerism to tell you afterwards, you see. Okay. So. Tony Filer, right, yeah. is just a reviewer, a really good reviewer. He writes great reviews, actually. Um, but there's a character in a John Pertwee Doctor Who story, The Claws of Axos, called Bill Filer. Uh-huh. And so we decided that Tony Filer is his son, even though uh-huh. Bill Filer is fictional and spelt his name F-I-L-E-R rather than F-Y-L-E-R. Uh-huh. That's the hilarious joke That's about That's hilarious. Tony and I'm so glad. <laughs> I feel so enriched for you telling me this. <laughs> and he used but to talk. And he was an American, but it was played by a British actor. So he was doing a terrible okay, American yeah, accent. He's joking like that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> a cup of coffee. <laughs> must not distribute Excellent. Anyway, uh, you're, well, I, you're. I can tell you one thing about Tony Filer, yes. though. Yes, is has that, he started uh, his podcast yet? Yes, um, the podcast is coming, and the name has been revealed. What is it? It's, it's called the Firelight Zone. Oh, very good. <laughs> Which really tickled me. Fantastic, oh. fantastic. Well, we can't wait. When, when is it coming? I have no idea. I don't know. I just all I know is I was I was informed that the name has been chosen. You're thrilled to this one, largely whenever Safia Ingar is on the mic, because their conviction and Lynn's character are intoxicating. You'll enjoy the clashes of Norton and Freddy, because Samuel Barnett and Jacob Dudman give you the intensity of cold strength and hot emotion, respectively, to make those clashes sing. And you might just possibly shed a tear at the end, because, well, because the things we can't tell you will demand that reaction of you. Big Finish has been in storming form in its Torchwood stories recently mixing science fiction and deeper truths about the human condition with staggering aplomb. The Black Knight laces staggering aplomb with joy and teardrops and delivers an hour of space drama you won't forget. Written by Nick Briggs. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't written by me. I don't think Uh, I've ever seen the word aplomb before, but then there it is twice, twice in in one paragraph. I love aplomb. Aplomb. Great word. There's aplomb there. Um, Tony Filer, brilliant writer. What can I say? So it's a wonderful aplomb there. Uh, sci-fi bullifant... Bullifant. Bullifant. Sci-fi elephants. Sci-fi bulletin.com, Alastair Stewart. It's extraordinary work, and it's delivered by extraordinary performances. Safia Ingar desperately deserves to be a franchise player somewhere for Big Finish because they absolutely have the focus, drive and gravity to carry a full series. Nailed it. 
Yeah, well, no, Alfie Alfie Shaw notes nailed it there because uh, uh, he, I thought that was he, I thought that was that was an Al- Alfie had written a note for some bizarre, anyway. Yep, no, got it. He because he did cast Safia in a role. There we go. Well, nailed it, Alfie. Uh, the always reliable Jacob Dudman and Russell Bentley are great too, especially Dudman's two-fisted Dan Dare alike. He also expresses the fundamental conversations of story in surprising ways, and both of them shine a very different light on Barnett's Norton Folgate. Great toothpaste. (laughs) (laughs) Certainly is. Um, (laughs) Startlingly good, conceptually complex, and absolutely what this line does best. Superb stuff, 10 out of 10. Amazing! And on the the Twittersphere, on the Twittersphere... At Matthew Vernon, really enjoying Torchwood, the Black Knight. Norton's always a winner. And this one is from at Norton Folgate 22. Great toothpaste. Uh, well, hashtag Torchwood, the Black Knight was a brilliant story, quite different from other Torchwoods, with great performances from all the cast, fascinating extras too, and an excellent Torchwood debut from L.M. Miles. Hope you get to write more, exclamation mark. Right for Kenneth Moore. Why not? Why not? Um, <laughs> Michelle M. Smith 14 on Twitter says, Just finished the amazing new Big Finish audio, Torchwood the Black Knight by Liz- uh, Liz- it's Lisbeth, isn't it? It is Lisbeth Miles. By Lisbeth Miles. Uh, great characters, exciting story, interesting twists, and fine acting make this an audio you don't want to miss. Highly recommended. And that's it from the Good Review Guy this week. Next week, when I'm not here, you'll be delighted to hear. Nick, yay! Nick and Benji will be looking at the reviews of Doctor Who, Mind of the Hodiac, adapted by Scott Hancock from a script written by fellow Welshman, Russell T. Davis. Let me just, let me just make sure you know this. When you say Davis, D-A-V-I-E-S, and yeah. D-A-V-I-S, it's the same. It's Davis. There's no Davies. Who exactly. says Davies? It's Davis. Yes. Just, yeah, just so you know that. Let's just be clear. We do we do know that. Yeah. I, I fell into saying Davies uh, because someone else had said it before me yeah. and I thought, oh, have I got it wrong? I've been, got, I've been getting it wrong all this time. Yeah, Davies, man. And I was right. Yeah. Regardless of the spelling. I also had an annoying habit of calling Stephen Moffat Steve because um, that's what Mark Gatiss called him. And then I, I was told by someone that he doesn't like to be called Steve. And I kept doing it by accident, and I apologised. I said, sorry, sorry, and he said, I don't actually care. <laughs> so it's it's that hard thing, though, when people call you a different name. Like, I've had a lifetime of people calling me Ben, or, you know, and stuff like that, when it's Benji. And you just kind of put up with it, even though you're kind of like, I don't like being called that, really. But then it's a really weird thing. of just You just kind of take it, don't you? Yeah. It's like my wife likes to be called Steph. Her name's Stephanie, but she doesn't like to be called Stephanie. Uh, and but people go, oh, it's a lovely name. Why can't I call you Stephanie? And you think, well, it's her name. Can't you just yeah. call her <laughs> the name away, she yeah. wants to be called? That, that's you know? what I do. People call me Tim. I want to be called Brian from now on. As we've <laughs> and Trevor, Brian, Trevor, Trevor, Brian, Trevor, Brian, Trevor, Brian sounds like Trevor, actor, Brian. It? it sounds like someone who presents a playaway. <laughs> it does. <laughs> anyway, that is the end of the good review guide. Right. Still to come in the podcast, listeners' emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com. A look behind the scenes of Torchwood launch date, plus the randomoid selectatron, totally randomly giving you a 25% discount on an audio adventure from Big Finish. 
pretty exciting, I think you'll agree. Mm, yes, we all agree, definitely. Mm, but first, lovely. let's go behind the scenes with this week's exciting new release. Rani takes on the world beyond Bannerman Rose. And the first episode, here today by Joe Lidster. Hello, my name is Emily Cook and I'm the producer of Rani Takes on the World. And my name is Helen Goldwyn and I'm the director of Rani Takes on the World. This is literally your bar. Go on. What's in it for me? You get to give your best mate a free drink. What? (laughs) Well, look what the cat dragged in. It's a really exciting one. Um, We were talking about how to bring this to life quite a lot, really, because we wanted to get it right because it isn't the Sarah Jane Adventures on Mm. audio that we felt that wouldn't quite work and wanted to move it on in terms of these characters and thought it would be more interesting to see how they developed in light of having known Sarah Jane Smith and how she inspired these characters. And as always, we were very much guided by Russell and what he thought for the series. But it's Rani now grown up as an investigative journalist and Sarah Jane has inspired that clearly and so that presence is felt within the series but Ronnie's very much doing her own thing but Clyde is obviously on the scene quite a bit as well and we are really playing with that dynamic of the two of them which I think comes across so well on screen in the Sarah Jane adventures. You could never be. Oh school shut down but still with the aliens though yeah? Episode one here today, written by Joe Lidster, which is really exciting because he worked on the series itself. So it was a really special project for him to do. And it's a beautiful script, isn't it? He totally captures the energy. Um, When I read it, the word that came to mind was exuberant. There's an exuberant energy to the way the characters interact and there's a youthfulness um, to the dialogue that, you know, is very distinctly different to, you know, some of the Doctor Who stuff that we do. I'm Joseph Lidster and I wrote Rani Takes on the World here today. My career started with Big Finish and then I did a Torchwood on telly and then it was on to the Sarah Jane Adventures uh, back when I was the age that Rani and Clyde are now. Those characters are so important to me. Uh, They grew up as we wrote for them in the TV series. Uh, So they're sort of scarily very real for me and I genuinely care a lot about them. Um, I don't think I could have written for this series if I didn't think Matt and Emily felt the same. Uh, We have to be 100% absolutely true to Clyde and Rani. Um, They couldn't suddenly be stopping Dalek invasions and they couldn't suddenly also not be dealing with issues about growing up and life on Earth. Because the thing I certainly wanted right from the word go was that they're now 13, they're not 15. Um, How do you change from 15 to 30? How much do you stay the same? Um, And so, yeah, after the last few horrible years, it's been a total joy getting to write for them again. My name's Danny Anthony and I'm playing Clyde Langer. My name's Anjali Mahindra and I'm playing Rani Chandra. I've really enjoyed it actually. It's been nice uh, coming back and reprising Clyde. Yeah, I think we worked on um, Sarah Jane Adventures for like five years. Five years. And so um, I feel like the characters are definitely embedded in us a lot more. Being back together as people has just made it all like just slide straight into place it's been lovely yeah we were saying before when we were doing our scenes and stuff it just felt like we were right back there you know yeah 
Exactly. Like no time had passed at all, apart from mm. a very long break. Um, break. <laughs> yeah. But also reprising our roles. I don't know about you, Danny, but reprising the role of Rani back in 2020 for Farewell, Sarah Jane. Yes. Uh, was a really good springboard into this because I, I think I was really daunted. I was like, I don't know how Rani would behave at 30. God, I need to think about this. But actually, it, it is such a part of me and who I am. And I'm part of Rani that it just sort of happened naturally. And yeah. yeah. I completely agree with you. It's that simple. Never mind the amount of times you've saved the planet. You gave up the opportunity of having your comic, sorry, graphic novel, turned into a major motion picture to defend the honour of a waitress you didn't even know. A hot waitress. First meet Clyde. Um, you find out that he's managed to find himself a girlfriend. Woohoo! Um, and uh, he's expecting um, he's expecting a little baby. So um, doing really well in um, the comic book world, the graphic novel world. Um, and he had an opportunity, but um, I'll, I'll wait for you guys listening to it to find out what happened with, with that opportunity. I don't want to ruin little too teaser much, there. But yeah, teaser. <laughs> when we um, when we first meet Rani, she's an award-winning journalist who is um, who is running a very successful podcast that she is the sort of voice of, uh, and it's doing quite well around the world. Uh, and she's very much like taken on the baton from Sarah Jane Smith and is out there being curious and trying to get, you know, trying to ask those important questions about humanity and possible alien life. Um, but yeah, she's she's a bit of a workaholic, which I think you can totally see how she would have got there from that early sort of very ambitious childhood that she had with being a bit of a, a swat at school. Yes, very much so. <laughs> um, so yeah, what's really lovely is we're meeting... Rani and Clyde when they're having a reunion um, and meeting each other for the first time after a long time. So everything feels very meta, very cyclical. Oh, you get it as well, do you? Blatherine! Evil clowns! Computer in the wall! Mr. Mr. Smith, I need you! (laughs) Just go to bigfinish.com and type Bannerman Road into the search pane, whatever that is, at the top, (laughs) at the top, to find this... Find this great new series out on Thursday, the twentieth of April. I think you can get some cream for that pain, can't you? Can you? Um, I've got a bit of search pain in my knee. <laughs> uh, and don't forget, you can hear a free fifteen-minute drama tease of here today, the first episode of Rani takes on the world. Oh, nice. Uh, meanwhile, it's time for listeners' emails. <laughs> That's right, and you can take on the world too. But first, if you decide to do that, why don't you let us know? Send us an email to podcast at bigfinish.com, and if you're lucky, you might get it read out. Uh, first up here is our friend Philip Edney's review of last week's Good Review Guy subject, the 8th of March 2, Protectors of Time. Uh, so uh, the subject, if, if you're interested, is review. Straight oh, yes, to the point, you know. Yeah. Just so you know what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 8th of March 2, Protectors of Time, continues the annual event of a high-quality release on International Women's Day that emphasises women creatives both in front and behind the microphone. First-time writers for Big Finish, Abigail Burdess and Nina Milnes, join a very experienced writer, Elizabeth Miles, in creating three plays that focus on some of the most popular and independent women characters of Doctor Who. Some, like Romana and Jenny, even bring their male companions along for the ride. 
Each story brings a new dimension to the characters and, without the Doctor, are able to shine with their own light. Hearing Rani with Joe Jones need Grant even gives an insight in the joys to come with the Bannerman Road box set. Stories are directed wonderfully by Helen Goldwyn and Louise Jameson, who both have a love of words, and so the plays have a crispness in their telling. Oh, I like a nice crisp. Yeah, yeah. Mm, lovely Ooh, crisp. What you like? Mm. What crisp? Oh, there's a question. There's a cheese question, and onion. There, oh, cheese and onion is solid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Prawn cocktail for me, but anyway, go on. Oh, it, change, it changes on a dime for me, yeah. but yeah, cheese and onion and a pint. Oh, spot lovely. on. Uh, as always, the cast deliver on what they're given, and each is given some new material that helps push their stories on. A great box set, Philip Edney, The Sirens of Audio. Oh. And, ooh, and next up, we have from Vitas Varnas. The subject is Turlo. I'm sure he means furlough, but we'll allow Turlo. Hi, <laughs> Big Finish. Turlo is most associated with the Fifth Doctor, and we've never seen him travel with other incarnations. The book Crisis in Space by Michael Holt shows Turlow travelling with the Doctor again, this time, however, with Sixth and Perry. And I was wondering if we could please ever see the TARDIS team line up in an audio. Regards, Vitas Varnas. I love listening to you read that, uh, Tim, because you haven't got a clue what that's about. I haven't got a clue what that's about. <laughs> um, I, well, who knows is my answer to that. Just imagine... And finally, this from Adam Graham. Uh, subject line for crying out loud, uh, sound effects, various and sundry things. Dear Nick and Benji. And Tim. Hi there. Hi there. Hi. A couple of comments. A few weeks back, a listener talked about Big Finish audios that made them cry. I started to think about responding with a list, but realised it would be too long. <laughs> if I merely count those that brought a tear to my eye, it would make me sound like I'm maudlin. But I'm sure some of them were not really tears caused by becoming emotionally invested in characters and stories to the point of happy or sad tears. Uh, causes such as swamp gas or solar flares or the age-old explanation of onions could all apply. I never imagined that I was so often surrounded by m massive onion, but what do, you, what do I do? I'll just just, all I can think of is just onion and, and a, a wedge of cheese. Yeah, like, yeah, oh yeah, that, that, that bar in New York I was telling you about, yeah. just a cheese yeah, and yeah. raw cheese and onion on the, on the, on the bar, lovely. <sighs> anyway, carry on, sorry. <laughs> However, and sorry for messing up the reading of that last bit, but I think you've got the gist of it. However, I will say uh, that two of your stories absolutely destroyed me beyond all doubt. And those are M Monsters in Metropolis, I nearly read, uh, by John Dorney. And a story called To the Death by a fellow named Briggs. Who's he? Uh, never heard of him. Never heard of him. Yeah, terrible, terrible man. It is. It's, it's the story in which I killed off Sheridan Smith. Oh, or rather the rascal. character she was playing. You yes. rotter. Uh, Lucy Miller. Spoilers. You can't release spoilers like that. Nick. It's years ago. <laughs> <laughs> As to the extras sound, this, Tim, is where yeah. when we have the extras interviews at the end, there's a there's a sort of musical noise that introduces it that sort of goes... Yeah. And so, some people have written in to say that it really, you know what I mean, that it really upsets them, that noise. They can't listen to it. Uh -huh. So there's a bit of a debate going. Okay. I actually enjoy it, says Adam. Oh, 
controversial. Scott Hancock didn't use the effect on some of the sets uh, he produced, and it would always throw me off. He's a maverick, is Scott Hancock. Is it perhaps that it's something I'm used to? That said, I would accept change provided you gave the sound effect an appropriate funeral, <laughs> which would, of course, need to be at least seven hours. <laughs> Just imagine playing that noise for seven hours. <laughs> In all seriousness, I think the bigger question is, what are you going to replace it with? There are several other options that occur to me, such as awooga, awooga, uh, fingers moving gingerly across a blackboard, <laughs> or, um, or as this might be a long shot, a deep, scary voice saying, CD extras. That's what I used to do right at the very beginning. <laughs> it was just me going, CD extras. You, you are turning into Alan Partridge, you know. What's Am the I? big question? Question. <laughs> big question. Alan's deep bar. Yes, yes, deep bar. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, relaxing there. Don't slip under. Some terrible statistics about that. Um, <laughs> brought to you by Dettol. <laughs> anyway, uh, while there are maybe more pleasant options the current sound effect leaves big sound effect shoes to fill <laughs> that's a lovely image isn't it big sound effect shoes and um, will any replacement be viewed more favorably than the incumbent sound effect given the minimal amount of active hatred for it i'm dubious it's a very persuasive argument adam um, and I'm sorry you're dubious. <laughs> As to putting your podcast on YouTube, I'd offer a humble suggestion to choose a still image and upload the podcast as audio only. Uh, given that you have a single podcast a week, it's a painless process that would take only a minute. I think it's more than a minute and my time's precious. Include your show notes as you're writing the script, including any actors or old television programmes discussed with tags. Again, this is all extra work and you will find listeners that you won't find elsewhere. It is worth doing. I think we must do it. I keep changing my mind. I recently I recently heard a listener stumble onto one of my podcasts. Podcasts? <laughs> that's a, that's that's great. a smelly, smelly podcast. Smell-o-vision. <laughs> Who was looking for 1980s animation actors while you have many skilled people at Big Finish who could do it, I included a website that could automate it for you for a relatively small fee. We won't go into details there. Finally, uh, as to the ghost, uh, a character from a Peter Capaldi special, I would second another listener's suggestion to give the character a Big Finish Adventures, but not necessarily in his own box set. He could be a guest star in someone else's for a start, reintroducing the character and maybe really throwing a big spanner into someone's plans, imagining both the challenges and benefits of having a superhero around to help or hinder the protagonist. Well, imagine. As always, keep up the good work. Uh, Adam Graham sent from a room with the Big Finish extra effect on full blast and constant replay. Thank Seven you. hours. Well, thank you for that, Adam. Um, I have to tell you, I read it out very badly, and so there was a lot of editing went into that. Uh, that's it for this week's emails. Uh, don't forget to write in uh, about war films and whether we should be discussing it or alcoholic drinks. Uh, we look forward very much to reading more next week. As all you regular listeners will know, the Randomoid Selectatron, great band. Um, uh, they were obviously better in their original incarnation as the Selector, although I have to say I'm a, I'm a devotee of the specials. And, um, oh, but, yeah, come on. And Terry Hall, RIP, obviously. And, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. brilliant. Oh, yeah, what yeah. a brilliant oh, what a band, and singer. What a band, what yeah. a band, the specials. But, yeah, the Selector were good as well. But, anyway, sorry, back to... 
non-music uh, subjects. The Randomoid Selectatron is getting into gear as we speak, preparing to offer you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. An amazing saving, I think you'll agree. We'll also <laughs> go in behind the scenes with Torchwood Launch Date and teasing you with the first 15 minutes of Rani Takes On The World. Beautifully done. Beautifully Wonderful. Done. Oh, of course. Uh, I'm an actor, uh, don't you know? Oh, are you? No, uh, <laughs> I've worked with you a lot. I've only just realised. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, let's do that thing. Out this week on the the 18th of April. It's a Tuesday. It's Torchwood. Launch date. I'm Aaron Lamont and I wrote Launch Date. What does make it different? It's kind of like you can't see the torchwood. Um, it's buried a little bit. There's a torchwood plot going on in there, but really and truthfully, it's in the background of these two characters meeting and falling in love. The interesting thing for me was that there aren't any working class rom-coms that I could come across, uh, which was terrifying because these characters needed to be working class. So it was a it was a case of lifting all of those Richard Curtisisms and finding a way to make it work with a 30-something Welsh bloke. Uh, I think we got there, hopefully. Um, there was a bit of looking at Mike Lee, actually. Uh, that seemed to be the closest I could get, like Abigail's party, just to make things slightly cringy rather than outright comedic. Uh, but there's also some that we had to jettison. It was like, there's a weird thing with this where... It's Torchwood, it's not a rom-com, which means that stuff that might work for a rom-com or does work because that's the formula, doesn't fit Torchwood, and Torchwood has to trump it. Otherwise, why are we telling this story? There's there's no point. Did we have to meet somewhere so bloody loud? It's the only place around here that shows rugby. Get that in you. Where's the rest of it? On the floor over there. Thank you with the handbag. Hi, uh, my name's Jonathan Hawkins. Uh, I'm playing Garrett. He's a really lovely guy who just seems to get absolutely everything wrong <laughs> poor bloke uh, he just he's had a chance at being a, a rugby player and it kind of falls through and it seems like he's kind of a wash in a life that he doesn't really want to be living and he has a friend in Yanto and uh, it's just a really exciting point in his life where he actually might have something good going on so uh, I think he's very funny and he doesn't know it and from the outside reading in it's just really funny to access something like that where you know that bless him he just can't see the wood through the trees <laughs> so quite endearing I'd say just give me a minute oh, it's okay found it I just can't reach <laughs> you stack the oil in the way <laughs> ah oh, oh it's a daisy what the hell uh, how would I describe Joe Ryan? He's kind of, he's like a lovable idiot, really. He's not, um, he's not the brightest, uh, but he's kind of, he's cute. He's a bit laddish, doesn't always get things right. He's probably a bit hard done by, uh, you, you know, he might be really annoying, but at the same time, you want to give him a hug. Uh, I quite like, and we all know people like this as well. Um, I'm a bit like that sometimes as well. Most likely to put foot in it. That would be how I'd describe him. No, not a flicker of interest. Told you, didn't I? Said she wasn't flirting. I'd have looked a right pillock if I'd listened to you. But you got them, didn't you? Yes, I got your biscuits. My name is Gareth David Lloyd and I play Yanto Jones. Geraint is quite a popular name. Uh, there's one in school, there's one that used to live 
next door to a friend of mine in Risca. And he is sort of a bit of a, um, a South East Wales everyman in broad strokes. He, is, he does sort of re- represent a, a, a large population of uh, men in South, South East Wales that, that I know. A bit of, bit of rugby, you know, I'm sort of trying to find love, trying to, f- unhappy with their jobs, trying to better themselves. World always sort of like um, tripping them up when they, when they think they've... Um, they've got a good grasp of it. Um, I think that's ev- I think that's everyone everywhere, isn't it? Really, but um, the, the, the writing has re- really got that um, sort of Southeast Wales tone to it, which I like. Just go to bigfinish.com and type launch date into the search pane at the top to find this one. And remember, it's out this week on Tuesday, the eighteenth of April. And don't forget, we'll be dramatising you with Rani Takes on the World beyond Bannerman Road at the end of this podcast. Just up your street if you love the Sarah Jane adventures. In the meantime, it's... Richard Burton, by the sound of it. (laughs) (laughs) Broadsword Uh, calling Daddy Boy. (laughs) The Randomoid Selectatron, where we randomly select... The specials, uh, uh, a big finish release, and offer you a 25% discount on it. Okay, Benji, what what have you got on the round? So the button is being clicked. It's Doctor Who, black and white. Oh, this is a good one, isn't it? Um, It's got an interesting cover as well. It certainly has, yeah. Wonderful picture of the TARDIS, almost sort of split into a white TARDIS and a black TARDIS. And it's by Matt Fitton. Lovely cast as well. Look at that cast. Who's in the cast? um, Philip Olivier, uh, uh, Maggie O'Neill. Do you know Maggie O'Neill? Oh, yes, I do know Maggie O'Neill, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And a- Amy Pemberton. Do you know I Amy know the Pemberton? name, I know the name. Yeah, she's brilliant, brilliant. Here's the trailer. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions Doctor Who, Black and White. Every story has a beginning, a middle, and an end. But not necessarily in that order. It's a question of finding the correct point of entry. Where are you, Professor? A monster stalks this hall. A demon from the depths of misty hell. A hero has come to avenge you. That hero's name is Beowulf! Hello? Anyone home? Great Vikings! Are you seeking to steal the king's treasure for your master? Get away from here! I shall send you to the next world, boy! Hang on! Help! Help me! The king, help! The king! Hey there! You okay, mate? We should move. Before the dragon returns! Did he just say dragon? Now that's weird. The TARDIS? Subscribers get more at bigfinish.com So this was directed by uh, Ken Bentley, of course. We've yeah. not said who, who, who the... Um which doctors it is? It's, no. it's, it's the seventh doctor. From the, tra- from the trailer, yeah, they'll know from the tra- yeah, course yeah. they will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. make up your own minds, listeners. Yeah, and obviously Sophie's in it as well, playing Ace. Yes, yeah, so I um, this is a part of a very interesting story arc. So I recommend you you get 
take take advantage of this offer. That me hesitating is me trying to do three things at once there. And one of them is uh, uh, that I want to tell you while I email Jackie Emery, content manager at Big Finish, to inform her of our random selection uh, so that she can set the offer live on the bigfinish.com website. Tim, would you like to have a go at explaining to people how to get this incredible 25% discount as the third doctor? Oh my gosh, you suddenly put that on me. Um, I haven't, right, have you spoken to my agent about this? Um, <laughs> uh, have, I, I'll have a go. I haven't practiced for a while, so I'll have a go. Okay, let me have a go. Well, you see, Joe, you go to the bigfinish.com website and you click podcasts at the top. Click the first podcast image at the top of the page, and then you'll see the you'll see in the text below the image the words the Randomoid Selectrotron. That's a great band, by the way, but I do prefer the specials. Also features offering you a 25% reduction on this selected release. This is terrible impression at the moment. Just click here and enter the offer code Back Up! Back Up! Back Up! Back Up, that is. Just once. Just once. That's, that's an uppercase, all one word, no spaces. And whatever you do, don't reverse the polarity of the neutron flow. And if you're tempted to, stop! Don't move! I can't believe you got me to do the third Doctor voice when I hadn't even... It's not even... I, I need to watch videos for about a week before I can get back into it. Otherwise, I sound like, I sound like a rather camp postman. <laughs> Well, it sounded the same to me. Yeah, as I say, just rubbish, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well done. Well done and well done, Ran, too. Next week's podcast features Survivor's New Dawn 3, which is superb. Uh, some of the best writing ever to feature in a Big Finish release. I'm a bit biased because I did the music and, and Benji did some of the sound design, didn't you? Certainly did. Loved every minute as well. It's a good box set and, you know, we are totally biased, but it's true. What, what, what can I say? It's packed full of brilliant performances, further sound designed by the lovely and brilliant Lee Adams. And as I say, amazing scripts by Ken Bentley. Thoroughly recommended and released on the 27th of April. I can I can reveal to you exclusively now. And as we draw to a close, a big thanks to our special guest star, Brian. Thanks. Sorry, no, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Whatever your name is. Whatever my name is, yes. <laughs> just, just, just thing. Just call me Thing. I've had, a, thing. I've had a lovely time doing this. It's, yeah, it's great fun. Great fun. We've now obviously... I'm going to go sit down, watch what Eagles Dare with a massive, oh. massive bucket of gluten-free lager. Ah, oh, oh. a dream. What a Friday. That's it. What a Friday. <laughs> what, what has been your highlight of the podcast? For me, yeah. um, I think just basically being out of bed and connecting with another human being has been uh, <laughs> been, been very uh, worthwhile venture. No, I've, I've, enjoy, I've enjoyed it all. I mean, um, yeah, I loved our little chat about about war films, and um, yeah, I, there's so much to talk about. I could bang on all day, but um, I'm sure the listeners have got much better things to do. Um, yeah, I've enjoyed the talking to you two guys. Um, it's just been great fun, as always. Thank you for that review. Yeah. I do, that's not a review. If you want me to give you a review, I'll be very damning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being kind because I need employment from you. Oh, I see. Yeah, that's the only reason I talk to you. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to test one thing. Can you guys hear this? Yeah. Did you hear that? Yeah. What is it? No, that is the explosion that is in every war film ever. 
And to all of you at home, thanks for listening. The Big Finish podcast is presented by me, Benji Clifford, and him, Nick Briggs. Nick also wrote, produced, and edited it. And sang the theme tune. (laughs) <laughs> and not. sliced the onion <laughs> and Benji, Tim and I did this for the, for the love, love of stories, stories. perfection <laughs> that, was, that was great <laughs> and finally on the Big Finish podcast Rani takes on the world beyond Bannerman Road here today by Joseph Lidster 23rd of November 1963 I love you I know I said that to you before, but it is only now that you are not here that I really believe I know what it means. Julie from the shop says that I'll forget about you, but Julie hasn't smiled since forever. Yesterday they killed the president and mum thinks the world's going to end. But it has already ended, because you are not here. Because without you, How can there even be a future? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here's one for you. Go on. The time you felt most alive has to be Earth. Has to be Earth. Okay. Yeah, I was 11, 12. We went on this family holiday. Portugal. Dad moaned the whole time, because we lived by the sea, so why were we wasting money? (laughs) One day we go to the beach, and it's every cliché. Bright blue sky, turquoise sea, golden sands, and it's deserted. And I look out at the sea, and I know that on the other side of that sea is Africa, Mm. Casablanca. And I feel so... Small? No, I felt big. I felt connected, because even then I was Rani who got the grades, Rani who had ambition, Rani who needed to be the best, because mum, dad, (laughs) even my mates, that's who I was. On that beach, looking out at the sea, I felt connected to the earth. I felt important. I felt like the whole world was out there for me to explore, and I knew that I could do anything, because the world's beautiful, and it's out there. (laughs) That is an acceptable answer, Rani Chandra. <laughs> oh, why, thank you, Ms. Rastami. Mm. <laughs> Your go. Okay. I'm eight. My mother, my brother, and me. We're in the kitchen. And my mother asks me to decide what we should have for dinner. That's all. She's tired. Simple question. But I realize. She sees me as a person. I'm not just a daughter, a sister, a kid. I'm eight years old and I'm a person with opinions and I matter. Sweet. Talking of mums. Don't. You heard from Gita today? Uh, oh, this week. Bombarding the family WhatsApp with guys from some website she's found. I'm like, Mum, I'm 30. I've brought down the government. I've saved the earth. And she's all, Rani, my love, my darling. You're not getting any younger. (laughs) She's fab. And you know it. Can we get some service, please? Rani, will you? It's my shot. This is literally your bar. Go on. What's in it for me? 
You get to give your best mate a free drink. What? <laughs> well, look what the cat dragged in. The name's Phoenix, actually, and not a cat. Oh, oh, are you? Clyde, my love, my darling, have you found yourself a girlfriend? Girlfriend, schmell friend, Phoenix is my partner, and we're having a baby. <sighs> First Luke, now you. My mother's gonna love this. Brilliant! Oh, come here! Oh, I've missed you. You all right? Yeah. You? Always. Right, you lot. Let's get this party started! Fuming you don't have beer, though. Daisy Rhodes USB. Ealing's first booze-free bar. The world is broken. It's got to be the trickster. <laughs> Never mind that. You two, what's happening? What's going on? Who are you? Well, we met in LA. Clyde, shush, Phoenix, tell us everything. Well, we met in LA. I was working in a bar. He was meeting some Hollywood types. They were unpleasant towards me. Ugh. And Clyde, he walked out of the meeting, turned his back on some big movie deal because of how they talked to me. It wasn't that big a deal. I can do better. Clyde Langer, you are all right. <laughs> One thing led to another, and to another, and to another, and here we are, expecting. I'm going to be a dad. It's amazing. <laughs> I've built a cot. Yes, you have, and it's a wonderful cot. It sparkles. But I'm wondering, what's your excuse going to be? A what now? I love you with all my heart. But you are dying to get Ronnie alone so you can talk about the good old days. Oh, you get it as well, do you? Blatherine! Evil clowns! Computer in the wall! Mr. Smith, I need you! <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Clyde. Tell me Phoenix lies. It was just that I thought I saw some strange lights above the station and I thought Ronnie and me. <laughs> <laughs> Ronnie, get him out of here. Are you sure? Phoenix, it's cool. I want to get to know Samira. And yes, Samira, I will have another banana drama. <gasps> okay, why didn't I know about her? And also, I love her. Well, we haven't spoken properly since, you know, the funeral. You can say the word. You should say the word. We've messaged. We've both been busy, yeah, and it was quick. She likes my cooking and I'm, you know. Say it. I dare you. All right, I, I am wildly and, and passionately in love with her. I love her. <laughs> you, Clyde-y, saying the actual L word. Let it go. We're just back from Germany. Oh, so she's met your dad? How did that go? It was his wedding. Him and Melba. He's trying. Chantel's in and out of detention. Just like her big brother, then. Oi! That was only because the demon headmaster had it in for me. Oh, that reminds me. Big news. 
Come on. Parkvale School. The stuff of nightmares. Not anymore. What? Look at the sign. Just been shut down. Government cuts. Oh. I mean, I hated school, but we had some good times there. That's where we first met. You, me, Luke. Oh, yeah. And now it's gone. Everything was good, sunny, golden. It was golden back then. You, me, Luke. Maria, Sky, K9, and Mr. Smith. And our queen. Our gorgeous, beautiful queen. You were right. Earth to Clyde. <laughs> Ronnie, I can't be a dad. I'm just a kid. I should be in one of those classrooms being the class joker, and I shouldn't be a dad. And I got on the wrong train back from the airport, and I didn't build the car. I paid a mate to do it. I just, I really can't be a dad. Whoa, and whoa, I'm whoa, whoa. Fingers I'd, on lips, yeah? Fingers I'd... on lips. What if, what if I'm like my dad? What if I'm just a bit rubbish? Clyde, you could never be. School shut down, but still with the aliens, though, yeah? It's healing. What do you expect? It's heading to the common. Mr. Langer, I need you. We interrupt this program with some breaking news. What appears to be a flying saucer over North London. Clyde, this way. No, shortcut. What appears to be a flying saucer. This is Captain Caroline Burns sending out a code violet to all unit operatives in the London area. It apparently appeared above Walston Hill before. Moving south over Perivale and towards Ealing. Eyewitnesses have... Been through right over my head. I crashed my cab. This is why they call it the Ealing Triangle. It's happened before. We're staying with the story. It's slowing down over Ealing Common, ma'am. Private Reeves is heading there, waiting for backup. Captain Byrne, this is Private Reeves. Uh, I'm on the Common, and it's definitely a flying saucer, and... It's beautiful. <laughs> uh, the the, the plods are keeping the crowds back, so it's, it's just me. Me and whatever's coming. And us. Stop right there. All right, all right, gun down. Look, our hands are up, yeah? Our hands are in the air. We are not a threat. I mean, look at us. How'd you get past the cordon? Climbed up a tree. And climbed back down a tree. My name's Rani Chandra. And I'm Clyde Langer, and we're... Oh, my days! I've heard so much about you. you. You defeated the Nightmare Man. Yeah, sent him packing, no sweat. So this spaceship... And I've worked with your mate, Luke. He's always banging on about you two. Great, so this spaceship... He's a proper love, that lad. That's everyone in bits. Well, he learned from the best. <laughs> Sorry, Matthew, uh, uh, Private Reeves. Bit excited. First spaceship. So do you know anything about it? Only that it's landing. Oh, mate, it's been a while. This is what I'm talking about. Ah, oh, flip. You two, behind me. Uh, and why? Because I'm trained. We were trained by the best. Okay. Uh, you two, next to me. It's all a bit War of the Worlds. You've read War of the Worlds? The musical. It's got these amazing pictures in the CD book. My mum loves it. Oh, how is she? Wait, I was passing Signor Pasta the other week. Is she seeing that woman from the library? 
library? Sue? Silent Sue. <laughs> Funny story. They couldn't stand each other and then... <coughs> uh, sorry to interrupt. It's just extraterrestrial craft, you know, there. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Private Reeves. Spaceship. Clyde, shush. Oi! Listen, Matthew, do you want to uh, put the gun down? We don't know what's in there. Yeah, and I don't want you getting trigger-happy if whoever's in there doesn't look like you. Okay. Okay. Happy? I'm with my best mate and a unit soldier, and there's a proper old-school flying saucer. Mate, I'm over the flipping moon! Our news copter is above the flying saucer. As you can see, it appears to have landed. It hasn't hit any trees. That's nice, it's a lovely part of town. And... And there are definitely three people approaching it. There's a soldier, and... Is that Rani Chandra? That looks like Rani Chandra. Well, she needs no introduction. They're getting closer. And the spaceship looks like it's glowing, and... Oh my! It's gone! Can anyone tell me how, how big was... Please, no. I, I'm... Uh, I'm being told that... I'm sorry. I, I'm being told that it seems that much of Ealing has just... It's on fire. It's all on fire. Fifteenth of December, 1973. My sweetheart, it's been ten years. It's easier now. I still miss you, but I need to tell you that I've met someone. A boyfriend. Am I too old to say boyfriend? His name is... It's not your name. Okay, here's one for you. Go on. The time you felt most alive. Has to be on. Rani? I... It's not deja vu. It's more than that. What? A time you felt alive, eight years old. Your mum asked you what you should have for dinner. Uh, have I told you? You felt like a person, not just a daughter. Whoa. Okay. Don't look at me like that. I'm not psychic. I'm not reading your mind. Then how? Because I've already done this. Do you, do you believe me? Tell me that you believe me. Hey, hey. Come here. I believe you. Clyde and his girlfriend are outside, and then there's going to be the spaceship, and... And? It doesn't... It's all fine, Smira. Everything is fine. Fine was the word I used. When I told my mother I was coming over here... Trust me, okay? What do you want me to do? Four banana dramas. Clyde Langer. And you must be Phoenix. When's the baby due? Wonderful. Thank you so much. Cheers. So, you both remember this happening before? You're going to ask me what my excuse is. You're what now? My excuse for wanting to be alone with Rani so we can talk about the good old days. I mean, yeah, I was. Just like the good old days. Very like the old days. So can you change it? 
I mean, fingers crossed for a yes. We're gonna try. How come it's just you two? It doesn't make sense that only you two remember. Well, I'm guessing. Unless it's something that happened to you when you were kids. When you did all that alien stuff. Yeah, maybe it's... Rani, that time you thought the doctor was dead, you went to that mountain, secret unit base... Uh... Snowden. That's it. Big finish for the love of stories.